0: You're listening to Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. Good morning. It's time for Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word. Welcome back to the microphone.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: We jumped into the second Psalm of Ascent last week, which is Psalm 121. Mm -hmm. And the Psalms of Ascent, of course, were designed to help those who were pilgrims on their way to the Holy Land as they rose up the mountains to get to Jerusalem.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Tough roads even then tough roads now in places. It's hard to walk that whole path. And there are still places we talked about last week where you can walk the old trail that people for thousands of years Mm -hmm. walked with their animals and with their families and made that trek. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk more about the last half of this Psalm 121, but I want us to read through the entire Psalm one more time because it's only eight verses.
1: I just wanted to note too that when you're reading through this, It's really good to think about a place where you are. The people who were reciting these Psalms, mostly from memory, were in specific places along their journey. And I think all of us can remember back to a time of a journey that we were on, whether it was an actual physical journey or a spiritual journey, a mental, emotional journey, whatever kind of journey that you find yourself on. You can remember things that you recited during that time, prayers that you prayed. If you journal, you can go back to your journals and see things that you wrote down. And that's kind of what they're doing on this. They're recalling things about their lives, about their journey that God wants them to remember. He wants to remind them of. It's important for us as believers, as followers of Christ, to recall the times that we know we have been led by the Holy Spirit. That we know that God's hand has been on us, and these Psalms of Ascent are designed for that. Yeah,
0: they are the soundtrack of the road trip right, back, right. you know, two, three thousand years ago. Yeah, the soundtrack we're talking about here would be something that every family and every generation that traveled these paths would have made it their song list. Mm-hmm. So every generation knew these songs. You think about the times you take off on the road, and like we have XM radio in our car, and mm-hmm. flip around to the oldie stations, seventies all the way. <laughs> those those decades for us were were the time we kind of came of age most of the songs we recognize and remembering all the lyrics you misunderstood Lynn and singing them (laughs) wrong but the tunes the music the the rhythm of it sticks in your soul I mean that's what music can do like smells do they're more powerful than just the sight of a picture songs go to the deeper part of us Mm -hmm. and that's why they use them to give courage along the way we'll talk about how these psalms affected those who traveled as we discussed later today But let's jump right back in. Psalm 121.
1: All right. I'm going to read from the New Revised Standard, updated edition. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore.
0: The other thing that jumps out to me through this second take of the psalm is the language of what God will do. Mm -hmm. All of the things that are mentioned here are Him serving us. Like Even the word guardian or the person that watches over us, those kind of words, they're not authoritative words. They're not talking about God having the right to tell you what to do. They're literally about God coming to you as you are and lifting you up as you are where you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They are serving you. So. If we approach this psalm and we realize that there's a tenderness here, Mm -hmm. that God himself is identifying as the one that will support you, lift you up as you go through all these things, well, which of the Godhead are we talking about here? There's a certain kind of personality that seems to emerge when we talk about the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is always mentioned as one who reminds us of Jesus and lifts him up and helps us through our difficulties to continue going the direction, being the people, doing the things, that we were designed to do.
1: Yeah. Well, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the comforter. Yeah. He said, I will send a comforter to you because he knew that there was going to be tough stuff. Yeah. He knew that there was going to be difficult situations that his followers would go through. So the comforter to me is just a great comfort. You yeah. <laughs> it's we, like, use,
0: we use the word now, of course, as part of our bedclothes. Right. Sometimes we'll throw a comforter mm-hmm, on our bed. Sure it's kind of gotten watered down but the word then of course was interchangeable with the idea of chief mourner mm-hmm, at a funeral
2: mm-hmm.
0: or a chief encourager in disasters the one that shows up that you can count on at the worst times of your life that was the first meaning of the word then it also became an encouragement like oh that one who was with me when things were most difficult is back to be with me when my joys happen mm-hmm. when the great things are happening in my life i have somebody to share it with so on both ends of the emotional scale here, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm the one. Yeah. I'm there.
1: Yeah. Well, talking about the Holy Spirit as this figure of a guardian, as a comforter, as I read through this psalm, I thought about this is the kind of mother I mm. always wanted to be for my children. I wanted to be this mother, hopefully they will tell you I was, that was a comforter, that was someone who would guard them and guide them and protect them and shade them mm. from the harshness of the sun and the world. And keep them from evil. But I'm seeing things like you said earlier, Bram, de- the Lord is declaring things here. The Lord is your keeper. He will keep you. He will not let you fall. He will watch over you and all of these things that he will do. He's declaring them to the people that are traveling it looks very directional. Now, I don't know which side the sun would come up on or the moon would rise on as they were journeying. This says on the right side. He will be on your right side as a shade so that the sun will not strike you. So,
0: Well, I can speak to that. I've actually be, traveled that road before. It could
1: be that the sun comes up from that direction. It does, literally okay. does. Okay. When
0: you're coming up from Jericho, you're heading almost due west, mm-hmm. but a little bit to the north as well through that canyon that works its way up for like 20 miles. Mm-hmm. So as you're coming up, first thing in the morning, you would have broken camp, get moving.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So if, if you're in that last push into Jerusalem from the very lowest land, the road starts at Jericho, which is right next to the Dead Sea.
2: Yeah.
0: You're 1,000 feet or more below sea level. And you're going to rise up to about three or 4,000 feet in altitude above sea level by the time you're done. And when you're going up that valley, the sun is beating on you on the right side wow and right behind your head it's the lightning of the mountains but then by the end of that long day it'll be in your face so if you're traveling at spring or summertime it might be like literally right on the road in front of you Mm
2: -hmm.
0: glaring at you all day long the sun somewhere where it's not going to be the most comfortable probably it'll light your way but it's going to be a burning hot especially at the lower altitudes Mm. if it's just the sun you get trouble yeah. But God has provided shade. And it's not, again, just physical shade, although I think it's there. Yeah. He provided springs and wilderness, places to hide, to drink a cool water. There were wells and springs along that road. And there were places to hide under trees, mm-hmm. to shield yourself. But he's saying that for all of it, for the times when you feel like you're struggling, for the times when you're just resting, he's identifying himself with all those things you need at every one of those places mm-hmm. and saying, even if it seems difficult, I've still got you on the bigger sense. Yeah. Does he send shade in ways that help that we would not have expected? Perhaps. Perhaps he sends clouds or cooler weather than they would have expected. If we're looking with anticipation towards God, actually answering the prayers that we haven't even asked yet, then I think we're in the spirit of this psalm. Right. Because like the spirit of David, we talk about this over his psalms many times. He's very, it seems to us in modern English, very presumptuous. He expects God to show up. In fact, he gets ornery with him saying, calls him out. how dare you not <laughs> right. show up? I'm hurting here. Yeah. And you told me to do this thing. In this case, there's not an expectation that you have a chance or an opportunity or a right to scold God for something. But yet there's this expectation that, well, God said it. I heard it in the psalm. He better show up because what kind of God is he mm-hmm. if he doesn't behave like his own word says he will?
1: Yeah, exactly. We were learning as we were reading through some of the Psalms of David that we have this place with God. We have this position with God that gives us the right to come boldly before the throne. The writer of Hebrews tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we can bring our petitions, our praises, our desires boldly before God. And we learned through reading the Psalms of David That's exactly what David did, and this is telling us here that we can count on God. He says, the Lord is your keeper. He is your shade. He is your guide, your protector, and we can count on him to do those things. These are not, well, the Lord might be Mm -hmm. this for you, or I'm hoping that this is what God will do. No, this is a declarative statement. The Lord is your guardian.
0: Let's read those very verses again. The Lord serves as your guardians, is verse five. He is at your right hand to serve as your shade. Mm. The sun will not strike you during the day or the moon during the night. The Lord will protect you against all evil. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore.
2: Mm.
0: Seems like a blanket guarantee of all kinds of things. I don't believe this is like modern insurance, where if something bad happens, someone's got to cough up the money for the damage that happens to you or your property.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: but there is something of a sense of when we are in him as we travel with him as we travel through him to something that he's called us to do that there are certain guarantees that are there because he has called us now if we're just marching up this road expecting god to bail us out that jesus take the wheel kind of idea <laughs> that's not the spirit of the thing we're assuming that we're starting with an attitude of contrition that we're going to the temple to offer up our sacrifices, to cover our sins. And the reason you want to get there is to make sure that your package is delivered to God as he demanded of you. You do. Mm -hmm. So you travel there to offer your obligations at the temple to worship God in his holy place, because you believe that this is your God. So this is not just something that's off the cuff here. This is intentional. And there's an expectation that if God calls me to worship him, If he calls me to go to a place and serve him, he's not setting me up to fail. Mm -hmm. He's not pulling me out here in the desert to feed me to wild animals. Whether getting Bibles into closed countries, relief supplies into dangerous refugee camps, or providing training in theology books to barefoot pastors as they begin their ministry, these are all the kind of things that we love to share with you every day. And more importantly, they're the kind of things we like to do The first and best way to reach us is through our website, CompassionRadio.com. You can also support us with a call during Pacific Time Business Hours at 1-800-868-2478. You can also text Compassion to 53445 to give right through your phone no matter where you are. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. We so much value your messages and letters. And know this, your gift is deeply appreciated. Thank you for loving us in this way. So you travel there to offer your obligations at the temple, to worship God in his holy place, because you believe that this is your God. So this is not just something that's off the cuff here. This is intentional, and there's an expectation that if God calls me to worship him, if he calls me to go to a place and serve him, He's not setting me up to fail. Mm -hmm. He's not pulling me out here in the desert to feed me to wild animals. In the words of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even though he strike me down, I still will not bow down to your God. I'm not going to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. My God is my God. The attitude has always been, even though he slay me, I will worship him Mm -hmm. and no one else. So they're not expecting God to be vicious or capricious in his treatment of us. They're expecting God to be good. And of course, we also know that sometimes good means that suffering happens to his people Mm -hmm. in a way that we don't really understand. We still don't really get why suffering comes to those who are martyred. And the stories we read of the martyrs that suffered for their faith and would not recant, would not run away from it. But by their testimony, they lay down their lives. And some of those testimonies that we read over history tell us that many came to faith because of it. Like in the case of Stephen, the very first open martyr of the church. Is that the reason God lets his people suffer? I have no idea. I don't know if it's just a tit for tat. I did this and therefore God did this. I don't know if it's that simple. Mm -hmm. But that we know him in the moment is something that really does happen for those who are going under incredible stress. Mm -hmm. And even Stephen in his martyrdom says, I see God in his glory. Jesus standing before the throne of grace. He has a vision of that that God brings to him to empower him, I think, to stand fast, but also to show him this is what's waiting for you. In the next blink of an eye. Yeah. It's something about that was saying, you need this for this moment. You need to see what's coming mm-hmm. so that you don't fear my wrath.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, this is not my punishment of you.
1: Yeah. I think that's an important note right there. It's not his wrath. Because especially during the time that these Psalms were written, there were other little G gods mm-hmm. all around yeah. this area. Most of those gods, I think all of them, if I read history correctly, were very capricious, yeah. very angry gods. You know You're the worst of us, and they required a lot of sacrifice of yeah. human beings. Yeah. yeah, God is saying no. I'm your guardian. Yeah. I do not require that from you. I require your heart to be broken yeah. for the evil that's around you. In verses five through eight, in the message, God is called a guardian, or is said that he will guard something six times mm-hmm. in those four short verses. Yeah. And I think, okay, I'm going to take note of that yeah. personally. I'm going to take note of God calling himself a guardian and declaring that he will guard you from every evil. He will guard your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He will guard you always. Yeah. That's a lot of guarding.
0: Yeah. You know? So <laughs> guard your hearts.
1: And that's God's plan for us. That's what right. God desires to do, to guard us. To guard our hearts, to guard our minds. We say that a lot, guard my heart and mind. And I think sometimes I don't really think about what that means. And this scripture is telling me that God is in the business of guarding things.
0: And the Psalms are there to help us with literal lyrics, Mm -hmm. to remind God of his nature so that we change our perspective. Yeah. It's not that God has ever thought differently and that we've reminded him of his better angels himself. And he decides to change the way he normally does things and come to our rescue. It's that we are woken up again to his nature. Mm -hmm. And in saying those things to him, we are not so much convincing God to do something for us as we are reminding ourselves that he's already told us who he is. Mm -hmm. I need to be reminding myself of who he is. And that is how I worship, by inviting his presence into my very thought. And if I'm thinking about him as being good, if I see him as being holy, if I see him as being present and imminent, and present within me, indwelling my very existence. And I allow that thought to nest in me and to blossom. Something changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the real courage comes from a lot of these kind of experiences where the most anxious and fearful of people can suddenly become lions of courage because they sense his presence.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That synthesis is like the whole person you were supposed to be. Him being in our heart makes us complete. It doesn't take away from us or demand that we get a race from the map so that he shows up and he's just kind of wearing our skin. We're both there. And because we're both there, we're more than the sum of both of us even. Yeah, Something yeah. big is going to happen because we both showed up.
2: Mm.
0: I want God to show up in my heart because I don't want to be on the sidelines of my own life. Mm. I want mm. to be completely present in my life too. Yeah, Not always easy. and certainly impossible in my own doing. But something seems to happen in God's economy when I invite him into that very center.
1: Yeah. Well, I would encourage our listeners to read this psalm out loud this week. Read Mm -hmm. over it. Pray it out loud. And let the words of this Mm -hmm. psalmist sink deep into your spirit and understand or begin to understand what the God of the universe is Mm -hmm. calling us to and is leading us to, and is guarding us from. That is a huge encouragement.
0: And of all those comings and goings, the things that we so often forget, or we don't want to remember because they seemed at the time to be so tormenting to us because they weren't as pleasant or as rewarding as we hoped they would be in our own minds. I do think that last verse, verse eight, God will watch over your coming and your going both now and forever. is not just about him doing a job It's about him recording the things worth remembering.
2: Mm.
0: He's watching over us, like me getting in trouble in earlier years for having the video camera out too much with the kids. Or something about him sitting down at the reunions with the photo albums and going through the years that we went through together. All of us probably have somebody in the family, in your case it was your mother, Mm -hmm. that was present in every single picture there, but not visible. Right. Because she was always the one behind the 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 camera. Mm -hmm. But you know that this exists, this memory exists, this image of you and your brothers and sisters or friends or cousins growing up is there for you to see because your mother was behind that camera. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Is God not in some ways kind of like that? By bringing to life the memories Mm -hmm. and redeeming the past in ways that when they come to mind, suddenly they have context and they have meaning and remembrances of his presence. Not because we can remember exactly what God was doing, but we see what we were doing and how we were affected by what God was doing.
1: Mm. Now he watches over us.
0: Yeah. So any closing thoughts from you, honey, about Psalm 121 and the ascent to the high places?
1: Mm. I really love that analogy that you gave about the pictures. That's a very vivid thing for me to recall because we have so many pictures from my mom. I think you're that person in our family, honey. (laughs) The one that's always behind the camera. It's a great reminder to me that God is behind the camera. God is the one who is recording my life, recording the events that I walk through, good, bad, ugly, beautiful, all of it. He records that Mm -hmm. and holds it for me, and I am better for that, knowing that God is the great recorder of life.
0: And the universe is better for it, too, yeah. because he's sitting up there with a the photo album, showing it off to his angels. Yeah. This is my precious kid. This is what we were doing on this day. Yeah. This is not just for us, for our needs. This is about God being proud of having us as his children. This yeah. is a family thing. Yeah. So if there's anything about life's tougher journeys that we go through that I want to capture is that this is a family thing. This is God leading us as a good father does mm-hmm. or as a senior in the group,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the revered elder, yes. that he's present with us and he knows the way up because he walked these stones many, many times. And he wants us to learn how to avoid the pitfalls along the way mm-hmm. and to savor and to enjoy the thing that was, which was so scary the first time becomes more practice and more secure and more strong and more stable. Each time we take that bath.
1: Well, these Psalms were quoted and recited in families. Mm -hmm. And it was as a family they went on this journey. As a family, they recited these things. I think we can be reminded of that. Like you said, as a family, we walk through these things. We are part of not just our nuclear families, but the bigger Mm -hmm. family of God. The kingdom of God. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, that's our Compassion Radio's Psalm 121 wrap-up. Remember, friends, that we have a study guide available each week for each one of these discussions. And I encourage you to share them with friends or sit down and have a Bible study of your own or with a friend. Somebody that you trust enough with your heart and life to say, let's explore this together. Because as we learn, Sandy and I, that doing this together is more than the sum of our parts. We end up with new thoughts we hadn't even thought about Mm -hmm. until we bounce ideas off each other. And this is how God enters in. He is present because we are present and we are together. When two or three are gathered in his name for his purposes, which in this case is focusing on his word, him, he tends to show up. In fact, he promises that. And we invite you to use that tool available to you for free on compassionradio.com. Just check our podcast archive each week. And that'll wrap it up today. Thank you again for listening to Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word. Tomorrow, we'll be back with a regular Compassion Radio broadcast. fame. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's box 77160, Corona, California 92877. We need you, friend, so contact us today.